You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to The Journey, where we are going to talk about a lifestyle with dogs and throw in a few life lessons along the way. Whether you're a hound hunter, a bird dog enthusiast running setters, pointers, retrievers, or a flat-out running dog junkie, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Heath Hyatt, a certified law enforcement canine trainer, with over three decades of personal and professional training and handling experience. It's time for me to pay it forward. So grab your leads, lace up those boots, and come and join me on this lifelong process of teaching, training, and learning called The Journey. Do you like to be outdoors like I do? Hunting, fishing, hiking? If so... Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user since 2013. It's the one app I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, feeding, bedding areas, and the list goes on. When I'm traveling, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I'm blessed to hunt. While out west hiking Yellowstone, I knew exactly where every trail went and the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I even use it to mark my favorite fishing spots. It's been a game changer at work. I've used it numerous times to get in touch with property owners. I even landed MedFlight one time in the middle of nowhere using the GPS coordinates. Onyx has so many great features and tools, you can literally use it for everything. It is by far the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's Houndsman XP approved. So get started with Onyx today using HXP20 and know where you stand. All right, so we are going back to a year and a half ago. Um, I've got Ariel Peldunas and Taylor say it i ain't gonna quavis. say quavis i was going i'm gonna get it right eventually i just call you taylor q <laughs> and it's a c it's a c c u e v a and uh wesley said the same thing yesterday so I was, we just laughed about it so <clears throat> but yeah so ariel's been on a couple times we talked about the um the sense of smell we've talked about um tone training but the first time she was on we actually talked about her status where she's starting you know, she'd been to the military, she worked working dogs, and coming from the sport dog world over to the hound world, and what makes things click, and how do we be, how are we successful? And, you know, they come down and hunt with me once or twice each year. I enjoy having them down. And the progress they have made is, to me, they're in the right direction, and it's it's come a long ways in a short time. But I think that also shows their dedication, their commitment. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that they've done to get where they're at. So uh, thank you guys for having me over this evening. And maybe if the weather's permitting tomorrow, we can have at it again. They've been down a couple days, and maybe we'll talk about those hunts too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So you guys just kind of fill me in. Um, let's run down the dogs real quick because I know I know Ranger and Willie have been the, the main – that's been the start, right? Mm-hmm. And y'all can talk about them and what you've got now, and we'll just go from there. Okay. Um, well, thank you for having us down and letting us come hunt with you. It's always a good time and excitement. I don't know. I think after the last couple of days. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor had excitement. Yeah. 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 
And the uh, yeah, the mentorship we've gotten along the way has really uh, really helped us. I think that's mm -hmm. been a, I mean, that's certainly one of the keys to success is surrounding yourself with the right people. So, um, so my dog lineup, I started with Willie and Ledoux, uh, the two brothers. Um, what probably like eight ten months after Taylor got Ranger, and a couple of his dogs. So, they're two and a half now, and then. I bought a dog from Aaron and Chris in West Virginia. He's a little over three. And then I have a year and a half old Waylon um, that also came from Aaron and Chris's breeding. So Waylon, Cruz came from them. And then Willie and Ledoux are the two that I got from Kentucky that I raised them from about four months old. Mm -hmm. uh, Waylon I raised from nine weeks old. And then Cruz we got a little bit older. And then Taylor has his walker dogs. So I have Ranger. Uh, who's out of uh, who's out of West Virginia, and then uh, we get that's how we got all got, we got started in this. Mm -hmm. I bought him as a puppy, and then I got volunteer at about ten months old, and he's the same age as Ranger, different breeding but similar genetics. And from the same breeder in West Virginia, I've gotten Liberty and Weatherly, and then I got a puppy off you uh, who's seventeen. Mm -hmm. His name is 17. His name is yeah. 17. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, when we was at that, when we was got together, the, uh, whatever day it was, Thursday, and I told Chelsea, Chelsea hadn't seen him, but I, I did a double take. And now you see why when I pulled out mm -hmm. Attica. Like, yep. <laughs> they look almost identical, don't they? They sure do. Yeah. Those genetics run strong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope, and I hope they are, like, they're good. But, um, yeah, he looks just like her. I mean, I was like. I didn't bring her today. Like, wait. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, that's his puppy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So now how does the, like, so let's get, how does the, now Ariel, you're hunting blue dogs. Yeah. And Taylor, you're hunting walkers. Yes. How does that mix? Fine. <laughs> his, his walkers annoy me a little bit. Yeah. They're, 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 they're wound up quite a bit tighter. Than Although the I do have one blue dog that's wound uh, but so, maybe not quite as much as your walkers. See, my theory is her mother has uh, uh, collies, collies, and they're they're blue as well. Yeah, so. she has blue merle collies. I, mm. I like the color, but now that I've owned the blue dogs, I like that they can like hang their heads out of the box, and you know their jowls flap in the wind, mm. and they're not, with the exception of one, they're not like constantly whining and amped up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you when you got Willie out the other day. And I've seen your dog several times, and I guess it just kind of filters through the back of my head. And like the, I told you the coloration. Mm -hmm. He's got. I mean, the dogs that you're hunting, the blue dogs that you're hunting, they've got good bone structure. They're put upright. They're not. They're not heavy. When mm -hmm. I say heavy, I, I think about the bloodhound type. You know, and I, you see that in some of the blue dogs. Not all. They've got good legs, good feet. But he's colored up like some of the old Cameron dogs that I used to have. Mm -hmm. He's very dark. The you know the pumpkin seeds over the eyes, which all of them have it. But um, it really stood out to me when I seen him. And like I said, I don't. I'm not colorblind. I've had them all. If you look at my pack now, I've got a couple high tans, and most of my Walker dogs are crossed up, even though they look like Walkers. And I mean, I've had some really good blue dogs, but I really like the way they're put together. Like I, I'm, I was impressed actually. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I picked up, I caught Waylon and Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, they're, they're good looking hounds. Like, yeah. I mean, from me not knowing anything except I like the way they look and I'm going to try and find some that are bred to hunt. I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I know Willie and Ledoux being brothers, they look, I mean, they're like, twins that, from yeah. the movie that's yeah, what Dan and Arnold yeah. um but i mean I, I i like the way they look i know some people like the you know the heavier bone dogs and uh cruz and whalen are a little bit more houndy and they're mm -hmm. you know their facial features but they're still fast and athletic so i you know they, they keep up with the walkers and yeah, you know, i think they, they do a good job so well i mean the way they're put up they should like they've got some good running gear under them mm -hmm. and i mean for me, and, and maybe, and I think you and I have talked about, we probably talked about this off the record and stood on the podcast, but, you know, that's something that I look at. When I look at a dog, like I look at his gait, I want to see how he carries himself. And, I, you know, I, he's got to be, he, I would like him to be nimble. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I want that dog to be able to, to get glide through the woods. And, I mean, those dogs are, are like that. Um, 
and I didn't get a chance to look at all yours. You know, of course, I know Ranger and Weatherly because I've caught them and hunted with them. Liberty, I don't remember seeing her last year. Uh, she was probably oh, here. Oh, no, no, she, had, she, she had was a, hurt last she got, year. She got a, she had a little hole. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I hadn't seen her. And of course, the pup, you know, yeah. I, I, I knew where he come from. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the dogs are, if you would want to pick dogs out to run, for me, in my eyes, like, you could pick any one of your guys' dogs and take them and run them. Like, that's, that's, that would be the first step for me. Yeah, and I mean, the amount of miles that we put on them, sometimes I feel like they hold up well and they, you know, they put miles on when they need to, so. Yeah. Yeah, feet is a big thing for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because we we hunt a lot up in Northern Virginia. It's really rocky. So having good feet and not getting that torn up in that that lichen-covered rock is is, uh, really important. Yeah. All right, so... When y'all y'all started with pups, mm-hmm. and how old is how old are they now? How is Ranger and Willie? Well, Ranger's uh, was three and three and in January, July. Yeah, and Willie turned two the end of May. The end of May. Yep. Oh wow. Okay, so he's the same age as Houdini and Hart, basically. The yeah. first, yeah, the first litter out of mm-hmm. Spook, yeah, because they that's they were they were February, mm-hmm. so you're just a couple months younger. Yeah. Yeah. So how how have you got? I mean, I know we had talked about your struggles at the beginning. So, w- what have you went through, and where are you at, and what is your perspective? And that's a long conversation. Yeah, but go for it. Um, so I think as far as where we're at now, uh, I think this training season things really started to click. Um, and I think we were probably surprised by it too that like we're putting up bears consistently on our own with just our dogs. Which, not to take, I mean we owe a huge amount of our success to the people like you and Aaron and Chris that have let us hunt with them and helped us build our own dogs. But to see when your own dogs Mm -hmm. start putting up bears and and not just easy bears where we're going out and we're putting miles in and they're going out and finding tracks and packing up and, and treeing bears over, you know, five plus mile runs. Um, you know, that really started to click for us. The the beginning of training season was was rough because of the heat. Um, and we got on what we believe to be running bears. I mean, without checking it, we can't confirm, but the way it ran, I think we were yeah. pretty confident that they were just bears that didn't want a tree and it was hot and our dogs finally, you know, decided they had enough, but probably end of August. Yeah. As it started to cool down, our, 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 uh, our training season really turned around yep. and, uh, I would say got pretty productive mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. And then we took we went out into West Virginia a couple times. That didn't go as well. We're still not very good at rigging, um, mm. but uh, yeah, that is the art we've lacked to, to yeah. master. We, yet. we walk hunt mostly, um, and then once uh, the season came in, first day we treed a nice, well, you know, decent bear. We yeah. let it we let it go, and then had a couple good runs, and and came down here. So I think it's finally coming together. I try not to be too. Um, he, I say I'm realistic. He says I'm pessimistic, but I think I have an <laughs> optimistic view of of where we're headed. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a it's a upward project trajectory. Yeah. Trajectory. And I guess you, you're good at explaining. I think how we've happened to happen to uh, change our strategy and find more success. Yeah. So the strategy has been hunt bears where there are bears. <laughs> we're, we're from the Northern Virginia area. We got hammered with the mange, mm-hmm. and it decimated populations. So in the county we hunt a lot in, or used to hunt a lot in, we were killing 50 to 65 bears a year. And in the last few years, we've only killed three to five. So we're hunting something that... Not do- us personally. Not us right. personally, but we're, we're out there trying to chase something that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we moved venues and went elsewhere, we're where you can look at those statistics and say, hey, they still have the same rate of harvest they did three years ago. Uh, we've, we've been met with a lot more success. We're able to chase them where there are. Yeah, and uh, limit our trash races. Yep. Um, I think now coyotes are our biggest challenge. I think it's everybody's challenge. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, your dogs will look so good during training season. And, you know, and we talked about this the other day. Me and Garrett had this conversation, you know, the, the females come in heat about midway through our season. And I think that plays a factor into mm-hmm. why our dogs do, do do what they do. I mean, I'll have one or two races a year. 
I mean, it's going to happen every year. I don't want it. I don't like it. And every time I see a coyote crossing the road, man, I'm putting my dogs out and, you know, doing that training, doing that extinction training. Like, mm -hmm. I, I want it to stop, but I'm still going to have it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's – I think everybody does, really. And that's uh, – you know, I think we, we had an issue with deer last year. I, I feel like we try to be – fair with our assessment of our dogs and also be realistic about the issues we have. And last year, I think we realized we were having more trash races than we probably, now that we've been on more bear this year and seeing how the dogs run when they're on bear and how they pack up and they stay together mm -hmm. and they don't split up. It's been very enlightening because now if they do get on something and they break up into groups or, um, run certain patterns or I, I think I'm I've gotten pretty good about listening to their their voices mm -hmm. and saying yeah the sound on that initial strike is the yep. big one yeah especially with my dogs yeah or if they're like they're chasing a running deer that like yip 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 barking I, I won't I won't correct them off of it but in my head I said I'll say you know or I'll say it to Taylor that doesn't sound right I think they might have jumped a deer and sometimes they you know they quit on their own we have a couple dogs that are got, have gotten better about quitting you know willie's gotten pretty good about checking the other ones so i think learning our dogs over the last couple few seasons and uh learning the nuances of their behavior and the nuances of how the game they run behave has helped us to have more success um and also being realistic that, you know, every time they bark in the box, you know, that's, that's our, with rigging, our challenge is my dogs are a lot better on the ground in the box. I've got a couple that will bark at trash and then they get the other ones going and there's a lot of stopping and are, should we let them go? Should we not? Maybe we'll let this one down and check it. Um, so I think not just thinking every time the dogs bark or every time they want to run, they're on bear, um, and being willing to tone them back if we think it's, it's wrong. Um, or if we see a deer run out, being willing to correct them and, and not let them get away with running trash. If we could see coyotes, that would be great. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's our one challenge. We've never seen a coyote. We've, one time we were able to hear them barking at the dogs and knew that's what's going on, but other times it's, informed speculation yeah and i think that's been a nuance too is we've made a point to not correct them not correct them off not knowing yes. so if we can see the deer jump and run mm -hmm. we'll correct if we don't if we suspect we'll tone and call them back to us and that way they're taking a direction from us and you know she's gotten her dog so she can call him off a tree my dogs certainly aren't that uh, obedient but uh, that's her that's her cup of tea but that, then they're listening to me. They're following my directions. They're hunting for me versus like you did something wrong. Well, mm -hmm. I, I can't confirm it, but I still want to inspire that chase something. You know, that's, that's, that's ultimately what we're there for yeah. is to get a, get a dog race, get a race going. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to follow up on what y'all just talked about. So let's go back to the rigging. Mm -hmm. And I have this conversation with my group all the time. And their dogs will strike. And they'll put them down, and they, they'll run around the truck and then get back up on the truck. And I'm like, okay, have you checked them on deer, coyote, yada, yada, yada? Well, yeah, I could drive by deer, and they won't, even, they won't open. And Ariel, you, you're in the canine world. You, you know some of these training tactics, and you know how dogs operate in certain environments. Mm -hmm. And I place it as a contextual thing. My dogs on that truck know that I have control of them. They can't go nowhere. They're tied up. So me barking at this is not going to help. Mm -hmm. But I can take my young dogs who never said a word, put them on the ground, and you see that nose go up, you see that behavioral change, and you know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's because I've released that constriction from them. I've got you contained. Now you're free to do your own thing. Mm -hmm. You're free to make your own decision. And those young dogs, nine out of ten times, will try to take that track. Mm -hmm. but when they're on the box, they don't have that option. And mm -hmm. dogs are not stupid. And I, I say that all the time. We'll put them down and see if they'll run them. 
No, nah, they just don't bark at them. And I'm the only one that does that. Like, yeah. I'll, I mean, I can't tell you the times this training season. I mean, I got Axe and Attica and Rogue are the three young dogs that I was really working on during training season. And I can't tell you the times that a deer crossed in front of me and I get them out of the box. Boom. Or they would be, um, I was rigging Attica more than Axe and Rogue. And I'd get her, I'd get her off. She'd never say a word. I'd get her off and I could see that body language change. Mm-hmm. And then I'd, you know, do my little training little episode and put them back in the box or put her back up on top, pet her up and go on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think enough people do that. And I think that causes, I think that causes a huge problem. And one of the other problems, and I know I talked about this in another podcast, so I'll hit on it really quick. If you pack your dogs consistently to dogs crossing the road, your dogs are going to strike other dogs mm-hmm. because you and I know how that scent works. After the first three or four dogs come through there, it gets weaker and mm-hmm. weaker and weaker, and you're smelling more dogs, not more bear. Mm-hmm. And just like in my training when I hide my narcotics, when I put the dope out, the first two or three dogs struggle finding it. Like, they're working. Mm-hmm. Like, they're working, they're working, they're working. The sixth dog comes in, runs straight to it, boom, sets, because he's picking up on the dog odor. Yeah. So he's shortcutting the process. And I don't think everybody sees it that way. I don't think they understand, like, how dogs work. Mm-hmm. So back that the rigging part, like I think that's part of it, is. So we we spent uh, we spent last winter in West Virginia every weekend in the snow. Ah. So that way we had a set case. Mm-hmm. We would see deer tracks out of the truck. Nothing. Nothing. We put the dogs down on it. They'd run it. We'd correct, bring them back, move on to the next one. And this would go on. I mean, we had days we were rigging sixty miles doing this. Mm-hmm. Just case after case after case you could see oh that's a fox that was those are coyotes oh we jumped deer here they're running across the road every time because i was i was doing what you're what most of the guys do is i had the dogs up on the box i'd ride around my neighborhood if they barked i would correct them and how many times were you like oh the dogs don't bark at the deer in my yard (laughs) yeah exactly so (laughs) you know like Like it's not the same thing and and it's not the same thing and and her thing is her big thing is context just like you said Mm -hmm. they know the context they understand it 100%. You have to let them, give them the opportunity to make a decision for That's themselves right. Right. And, and make it right. So and the other thing I notice is individually, so I, I was, uh, my young dog, Waylon, last season, I started him on raccoons, partly because I wasn't sure if I wanted to make him a bear dog. or I mean, I couldn't help it. He's a bear dog now. But um, back then I was like, maybe I want, want a coon dog. No, I but anyway, I started him, and I was going out to the WMA, WMAs by my house, and uh, one guy that we know from the Coon Club uh, had said, hey, every evening there's deer that come out in this one field. So I'd drive down there, you know, 9, 10 o'clock at night, um, and use my headlamp and look for deer eyes, and if there was deer out there, I didn't have a truck to rig out of at the time, but I'd go park. I'd take my dogs out and just walk them down the road and walk them through the field and see if they would strike the deer. Um, and then I'd usually take a drag or um, it's not a real heavy raccoon area, but usually I'd take some kind of drag so then I could hopefully at least reward them on the scent that mm-hmm. I want them to, to follow. Um, but even that, I found they got wise to that pretty quickly. But as soon as we were together and we called, collared them up and we're driving down the road with all of our dogs, you know, they're in a different mindset and deer jump out and they're, they're whining and looking at them and we'd take them out, dump the box, sometimes walk them up. I got a lot of this from, from talking to you is mm-hmm. um, not, not making them feel like we're pushing them to do something wrong, but giving them the opportunity to make the mistake mm-hmm. and seeing, okay, are they, how far are they going to take this? Some of them would go 25, 50 yards and turn around on their own. Others were committed and being able to kind of give them the opportunity that looked as much like our, I want to say operational context from my training background, but you know, the context that we're going to have them performing in, um, make it as similar as possible to a bear hunt so they're in that mindset, and then, no, you're not allowed to chase deer. Um, so I think we've come a long way. Um, we still have some that if deer jump up in front of them, they just have more prey drive. Um, but Willie has seemed to be pretty good about not joining in. Um, a couple of your dogs yeah, We've will, got two of my dogs that are getting more and more honest yeah. all the time. Um, and you can kind of tell. I mean, they're, they'll be on a, 
a bear track where they're kind of packing up and going together. And then all of a sudden you hear them like scream and start yipping and barking and they split up. I'm like, oh, I think they probably jumped some deer and a couple of the dogs will go on and I'll say, well, I think those dogs are probably still on the bear and the rest jump some deer and they're, you know, gallivanting. But, um, that hasn't happened too much this season, I think. No, we got that pretty tuned up. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, um, a constant battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my old dogs now are, they'll be five after the first of the year, which are Spook and Kate, and then Trip was three, and then everything else is two and a half and under. And even, I mean, I've turned Spook this year already. I mean, the first week of season, I turned him in two or three races, um, and he told on them. Mm-hmm. But I turned him into one race, and he barked enough to us to pack dogs, and we packed dogs, and it was, it was a cluster. Mm-hmm. And he turned to come back. Like he, after everything else got going, he was like, nah. And it was too late then. Got everyone else done. Yeah, I, I already started putting my young dogs in. So as soon as that happened, I did exactly what you said. I, I didn't shock them. I toned them, started yep. bringing them back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you, I want to see it. Like, and we've talked about this a lot. Like, if I know, then okay. And if I don't know, I'm not guessing because mm-hmm. I can't, just like uh, Friday, I had two young dogs down and I, I don't know what they're doing. Like, they took off. I had no clue. I didn't stop them. I mean, I didn't try to stop them. But as soon as I could get spooked to them, and I put him in, and he started well, I mean, I knew then. And, I mean, most people would have probably started zapping them. Yeah. You know, and I – Well, even Thursday, you said there was some degree of uncertainty when yes. that bear got jumped and running. And, yeah. you know, you got to – you got to – I said, pack at your own risk, didn't I? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I said, pack at your own risk. It worked, though. It worked, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and sometimes you just got to – just go with that feeling and yeah but it's a constant battle to navigate each dog and what they're doing and each season brings a different challenge i mean each dog brings a different set of uh challenges so yeah but y'all i mean like i said in a short time you know in what two years basically was last year y'all's first real year yeah because your everything was puppies yeah because the first year it was just young dogs they they, I think they ran a lot of deer. Yeah. That season, yeah. But. yeah, but when those but when those rays start busting up like that, yeah. like that's when you start scratching your head going. Uh. And there's certainly been so the one of our first hunts where Willie treed the bear by himself, the the older cub. Yeah. Um. So the guy we hunt and uh, Andrew was he's he's like, the speed he moves through the mountains is insane, and I'm pretty slow. Taylor's pretty quick, but. Andrew will put us all to shame. Mm -hmm. So he was up ahead and Willie, I think I had a few of my dogs off leash, but they were all up ahead with him. And I know my dogs pretty well. So I know that they're not, they're past the point of kind of running around chasing each other barking. Um, But they kind of came running down the trail barking and he said, oh, they're just, you know, barking, chasing each other. And I said, they don't do that. Mm. (laughs) You know, they're, and the dogs that were there, I felt pretty confident they were on something. And then they all hooked off. They took a trail to the left, and then they went up into the woods. And I said, they're, they're running something. No, they're not just running around barking. They don't, they don't do that, and they wouldn't have hooked off the, um, the trail like that. <clears throat> so then kind of the, the clump of dogs went and like kind of hooked up, and, and Willie went off by himself. And I was like, that, that's really odd for him to – to break off away from the rest of them, but the rest of them sound good. So Taylor and Andrew went to go chase the other dogs. And as we were still together when Willie, like, yeah, he, he came up, heard it locate. And I was like, well, I, you know, maybe he's got a raccoon. Like, it, I still wasn't trusting him as much at that point to say, like, oh, I don't know. Um, so I walked into him and everyone else went ahead, and uh, Waylon actually wound up circling back around and treeing with Willie and Willie's uh, Waylon's got a really beautiful voice too. And he hit the tree and same thing, like big locate and balling on the tree. I was like, man, they, they sound pretty good. And I mean, I climbed, I was sliding back down the hill to get to where they were. And I finally get there and there's a little, you know, small bear curled up up there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm really proud that my dog took that. And then the rest of them wound up uh, on, what was the sound? Another cub? Yeah. Sound a cub. Yeah. yeah. That, that was you know, kind of convoluted race. They, yeah, but but they, I mean, that was what, yeah. They stuck with five, it five, six miles, and they got it up. They yeah. got that those two bears up, the um, two small ones, big ones. I forgot how I got on that topic, but you were talking about 
um, you know, progress from last year to, you know, this year. Yeah. I think that was really the the first kind of like the big success that we had this year that was like, okay, you know, kind of starting to trust the dogs. And um, it's really amazing. I'll talk about Willie because I've seen the most change in him where he did some good things last year. But he was still so young. Like when we were down here, he mm-hmm. and another dog treed mm-hmm. that one bear. Um, but he, you know, he's still doing young dog stuff. So I wasn't really giving him much freedom. And um, he and his brother treed another bear uh, by themselves. They didn't start the race by themselves, but they wound up the only two. Um, oh, we were talking about dogs breaking up. There's sometimes where I see them break off, and now I'm starting to say. I kind of know that Willie's probably not chasing trash, so maybe it's a split race, or maybe uh, Ranger's fast on the track, but he sometimes will... If, he'll, if it makes a sharp turn, he'll sometimes overrun. Yeah, um, and there's been times that Ranger will go off one direction, and Willie and Ledoux will go off another direction, and, and, and learning to read them. Um, but uh, I guess that brings me back to where you were talking about different detection dogs going into rooms after each other. I feel like being able to put all the picture, the pieces of the picture together and look at how the dogs sound and which dogs you know are on the track and how they run it and what the terrain is like. I'm terrible at knowing terrain features, but he's really good at reading a map and, and knowing where we're at and what the terrain looks like and um, being able to put all those pieces together and kind of build that picture of what do we think the dogs are doing and who should we follow? Um, I think I told who was chasing my dogs on Friday, Thursday, Friday. Me, me, um, and, me and Hot Rod. Yeah. Or Garrett, and, Garrett was there too. Um, they said, you know, Willie and Cruz split. Yeah. And I said, follow Willie. Willie. Yep. yep. I just know that, you know, there I've <clears> seen <throat> tendencies over the season where Cruz will split off on his own and Willie, I mean, I don't want to say always, but consistently has the bear. Um, but I think it's taken a lot for us to get to that point where like, you know, follow this dog or this dog is doing this, or, you know, if that one didn't go, it's, it's not good. And, and being able to kind of see the, why are they not rigging a track where a bunch of other dogs went through? Is it because there's not bear scent there? Or is it because they're, um, you know, smelling the other dogs and not smelling the bear? So. I'm, I'm talking a lot. No, you got it. No, <laughs> go for it. That's good. Well, I mean, you, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you, and, you know, I, it took me years to get where you guys are out in, too. Like, of course, the bear population, one. Like, when I first started hunting, guys with with good hounds were catching five, six, seven bear a year. That's it. And, you know, I had one hound, and it took me, like I said, it took me numerous years to get to that point where you're at with my dog my three dogs treat a bear by themselves, and you know I still have that picture um hanging in my basement of of the dogs that did that because that was the starting point it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the end but and it's been a lot of trials and tribulations since then I mean I went through good dogs and bad dogs and um like I said time changes a lot of things but you know, y'all have accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. But I think, you know, with your experience with handling dogs, and I mean, Taylor, your your uh, drive. Well, like, I've managed not to mess it up. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that at, at breakfast, how I want to be able to do everything, but there are certain skills that I just lack that Taylor has, and I think that. It's a good team. Yeah. It's yeah. a good team. Well, very balanced that's what it takes <laughs> but, we, but we also you know we've reached out to the right people i feel like and and her connect, huge, her, yeah. her connections in the in the dog training world has led us to, down roads to you uh she's got a, a aaron and chris over in west virginia uh whether it be a technical hey how do we vet this how do we how do we fix you know they got a little scratch what do we do to hey this is a behavioral problem how do we deal with this and i mean she has an incredible context in the working dog world but how do we deal with this behavioral problem we're going to try to correct in the hound world we can reach out to somebody and say and get different opinions and and kind of figure out coalesce around what we're going to do 
And it's hard. I mean, it's hard because, you know, like the conversation you and I was having yesterday, you know, you're sitting there thinking, okay, well, what's causing this? What's causing that? You know, I've got my own issues I'm trying to work out. And I've been doing this 30 years and 20 years in the police world. And it's still a different, it's a different thing that we don't deal with. Like you don't. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Like I said, if we, if, like I said, Aaron and I was talking yesterday, if we had the answer to this one question, we'd both be millionaires. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because we could market that stuff, baby. I'm telling you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I, I still have people I talk to uh, with the issue that I'm having. Like I've reached out to several dog, police dog trainers because uh, I want to know, what, you know, what they're thinking and, and what, what they think. And so, yeah, I mean, it don't matter what level you're on. You got to have somebody to talk to, and and may, maybe if it's just to talk through, hey, well, what about this one? Maybe not this, and we'll just keep, you know, keep <clears throat> keep doing it. Uh, I mean, I, ha- I had a guy message me last night, um, and it's and and maybe if he's listening to the podcast, I'm not throwing you on the bus because it's a it's a learning thing. But he was talking about um, his dog goes crazy when he turns the lights on in the house. Okay, well, what's flipping that trigger? Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out, he's feeding at nighttime. And I told him, I said, you got to switch your feeding time. Mm-hmm. You're triggering, you're triggering that dog. He thinks, you know, your classical conditioning. Yep. Light comes on, food goes in the bowl. Yep. He gets excited. So, you know, I try to work him through that. He's going to try to change the process that he's doing and see if that changes the issue. Mm-hmm. So something so simple, but again, I mean, just asking somebody else, yep. like, there's there's always a reason for that that trigger I guess sometimes just someone asking the right questions helps bring you down the path of oh I can I can answer or I could solve my own problem I just wasn't asking the right questions and then mm. and there, I've had a number of conversations where whether it's talking to you or talking to Aaron where I don't want to say I feel stupid but I feel like how did I not think of that and you know once someone else says something like that that is so smart, but yet so simple, you know, like I should have been able, but whether it's more experience or just someone asking the right questions, having seen it before, or just being able to have a sounding board. And we do that too. Um, but I think sometimes we almost think too much alike about certain things. Well, all my, all my dog training knowledge comes from her, you know, so I have very little, you know, it's, it's, it's all out of her bucket. I don't have any sort of alternative ideas. But you still do sometimes take me down roads I haven't thought of, or well, I might have, ask you. I, good, a... I would try to ask you a good question. <laughs> but. Yeah, I. But again, like I train dogs for a living, I've got a dog in my hand every day, and I'm the same way. Sometimes, like, well, dang, you're so stupid. Why didn't you think of that? <laughs> like, you know, I have the opportunities, but like, I'm not a. Like for me. You tell me or show me, I'm on it. I got it. Don't have to tell me again. But maybe the forward thinking sometimes with me, um, that's probably a, a weakness of mine. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm pretty like right now where I've seen so many dogs over the years. Oh, I've seen that before. Try this or try that. But when it comes to some of the own, your own stuff, like I'm like okay, and then somebody will mention one thing, and I'm like duh Mm -hmm. you know why didn't i do that so i do it i mean i do it all the time (laughs) so what uh what's your biggest takeaway from before we get into our couple hunts here in the last couple Mm -hmm. days what's what's y'all's biggest takeaway with the progress that you've made over the last year what is the most important thing okay you go ahead ahead. we'll get both of you (laughs) um I mean, Taylor said it earlier that going to areas where I don't know that there's more bear than off game, but that the likelihood of coming across a bear track is higher than minimal. I mean, we were really hunting areas where there's bears, but not that many. Mm -hmm. And we're much more likely to run into a bunch of coyote or jump some deer and we have young dogs with a lot of drive um and we put them in the woods and if they're not finding bear they're uh they're gonna run some yeah they're gonna run some that's right um and also for me i don't like leading dogs in the woods Mm -hmm. and i get 
incredibly frustrated when they're banging into me and tripping me and stepping on me. Um, but having to gut through that sometimes to not let a bunch of young dogs be loose together because trouble once yeah once they have the company they're they're making bad decisions um you know i think those two aspects were you know we've got we've got dogs that have good genetics i think that have a lot of drive they want to run game um and also enlisting the help of you know i sent uh, a couple of my, we you know we sent a few of our dogs to Aaron and Chris to run for a month or so. Yeah, um, and don't. The reality is, is, is Virginia has such limited training mm-hmm. seasons. There are opportunities outside of Virginia for you to send your dog away for training, and to put get that young dog on twenty bears in two weeks, and they know they know what they're looking for at that point. Like that, I hate you know I hate to sound like that, but you can I can put in a ton of work, but I'm only putting it in two months and then. Then another month in, in December, versus I can get dogs out, you know, in in the springtime and have them go into other states. And yeah, you're you're handing them off to somebody, and that's scary. That's a very scary proposition because uh, I mean, all our dogs come in the house, and they're uh, they're, I mean, they're they're working dogs. We understand mm-hmm. the risk, but uh, you know, they're all valuable to us, and you're taking them to, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to trust them and yeah. they're going to do a dangerous job it's not even that we don't have trust in the people they're going to but just if we put them in a bad situation it's different than someone else not in a bad if we put them in a if we give them a job to do that there's inherent risk at least we're making that decision and we're taking that risk um but we send them to people that we felt were trustworthy and um you know whether it was they were running in the type of environment we were running in or they were just going somewhere where they were getting on a bunch of bears just to kind of get it in their head. This is what you're supposed to chase. Um, so that when we got them back from training, we were able to go into our seat. We tried to time it that we could go into training season pretty soon after mm-hmm. and fresh. have that, yeah, fresh in their head. Yeah. Um, so, no, you know, not being afraid to ask for help and, and pay for help. I, I know that's not something that everyone is comfortable doing but um i think we felt like with our and i think there's only a certain amount you can do with that because a lot of those places we we've sent our dogs off to are north carolina and they're running off bait piles and you don't want your dogs to show up on a bait pile take a hot track every time yeah. like like we're using that as a tool as they're when they're young yeah they've seen a few bears we're gonna send them off to say like hey this is this is what we want you to this is what we want you to run and then you know, and in those environments down in North Carolina, I think the, they're getting a lot of contact with bears. They're not just running and treeing. They're getting baited up. Uh, they're in bay-ups and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Bears swim, mm-hmm. you know. So now we've got dogs. Uh, we were in West Virginia, and the bears, like, we've had races go across the New River, you know, like, swim in the river. Because mm-hmm. they know, like, hey, it might be on the other side. Mm-hmm. The tr- track ends here at the water. We're going to go on the other side of the water. Yeah. Yep. And, you know... It was just not, not things that, you know, we didn't start off with older experienced dogs in our pack, which I think that's something we thought back on that, you know, maybe we should have done that. But I think there's there's a lot of um, satisfaction in knowing like we've raised these dogs mm-hmm. from puppies. Um, we didn't do it 100% ourselves. We did get some help with, you know, training and um, being able to hunt with people that had experienced dogs. Um but we know everything that went into these dogs. We know the, the good and the bad, their idiosyncrasies. So I think, you know, to get back to the original question, learning to read our dogs was, was huge too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to ask you, but you kind of answered that question. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you, like, Eric, especially you, how do you feel when you let somebody else, like, take your dog? When I was younger in this, I used to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of us because I didn't have time. Um, you know, I've let several people take and hunt my dog. My buddies in New York, that's different. Like, because I'd like trust them, trust them. Mm-hmm. And when they sent their dogs to me, like, it was my dog. Mm-hmm. I'm going to treat it like mine. I'm going to do the same thing. But I have also sent my dogs to some people that run, you know, that advertise. And I don't know, like, I'm at the point now where I don't hardly want anybody touching my dogs. And I don't mean like touching, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, you know, I don't, 
I don't, I want to, I, I guess it's me because I'm the way I am. And I know that's a bad thing, but I want to do things a certain way. Like I'm structured in what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have, I sent a dog couple, well, he's dead now. So it's probably been five, six, seven. Well, it was before Spook. So Spook and Kate will be five. So it's been at least over five years ago. You know, to, I sent a dog that I was on the fence about. He was okay, and I sent him up to, to a guy to hunt. And the guy took him and hunted him, and, you know, he'd done everything that you guys got the, the feedback and the videos. And he said he, he's an average dog. He said he, he goes, he does, but he's not going to blow the world up doing it. Um, and that's the last dog I've let go. And now I'm like, I've got so many dogs I could send, I could send three or four off but I just can't let myself do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just maybe me. That's me. Yeah. So. I think uh, I have to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And one, I do a lot. I feel like I, I put a lot of thought into who I'm sending them to and, and trying to research and um, look at other people that have sent their dogs and did they come back healthy and are, you know, are they getting good feedback? Um, Aaron and Chris, I, I mm-hmm. have a friendship with. Um, I've, we've hunted with them, so there wasn't really any uh, any apprehension there, just because I knew, and they hunt really similar to us, so I felt like um, our dogs were going to be in a similar environment, hunted similarly. And um, while I wasn't, I try not to bug people and say like, oh, "How's my dog doing? How's my dog mm-hmm. doing?" But because I talked to Aaron regularly, um, we would chit chat, and and I I had pretty consistent updates. Um, but we have also sent them to other trainers that do it as a, a business. And that was a little more difficult for me because I just had to shut off that part of my brain. That's like, are they okay? Are they going to feed them consistently? Are they going <laughs> to, are they going to be clean? Are they going to have, you know, shelter if, if the weather's bad or, you know, and I think even a bigger concern was I sent Willie who is not as great in the heat um in a warmer month and i was like you know is he gonna overheat and you know is he gonna are they gonna monitor him and make sure he's not running too hard because i know he doesn't have a a good regulation Mm -hmm. on his own um but i think there's just part of me that maybe it's just like because i've been in the military and worked with military working dogs and um working dogs where I just say like, this is their job. I have to trust that if I'm sending them to someone, I'm making that decision and I have to trust that it's going to be okay. Um, and we were lucky enough that we, you know, we did get updates and, and, um, I felt comfortable with that enough to, we sent a couple rounds of dogs off. Um, and we have had, uh, people we haven't sent them to again. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say, and probably most people, uh, that particular trainer, would uh most houndsmen would say oh that dog was great it didn't really meet our standard you know so we haven't sent dogs back there and and i'm not gonna you know it's just i might just have a slightly higher standard you know like yeah it was more the you know i i feel like having been in the training business updating you know let us know how the dog is doing every once in a while Mm -hmm. is uh And, and she she trained pet dogs for a short time and the, the amount of interaction that a pet dog owner has to have with you. Yes. You're weighing it every day to make sure to put it in a log to make sure it hasn't lost a certain amount of weight because yeah. if it loses weight, but you know, certainly don't expect that. We're not expecting that. We just, you know, at the end of the week, we're going to, Hey, this is how things are going. going on. Yeah. 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 Well, like I said, I think a lot of people do that and I guess I'm, you know, I'm blessed right now where I do, I can travel. I'm blessed and I've made a lot of connections and have a lot of friends and, I can keep my dogs just busy enough that, that I don't, but, um, no, that's a good thing. I mean, I know a lot of guys do it. Um, and if it gives your dog, a, like you said, you timed it and that's what I do. Like I like to go to New York right before our season comes in. That gives my dogs, like I know they're in the right frame of mind when season's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. They're come back and boom, here we go. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think uh, one other thing that was really important to me is I want an honest assessment. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't blow smoke up my yeah. rear. You know, tell me if my dog is worth keeping or not. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to waste time by someone saying like, oh yeah, your dog is doing great and you know, 
tree and every berry sees. Like I don't I don't expect miracles. I just want to know whether or not my you know how my dog performs and what what you see so that way I can take that back. And I, I feel like that was um, it was good to have those experiences where I can get an honest assessment. I can build an honest picture of what my dog is doing so that way when we go back and we start our season, I can mm-hmm. apply what what I know. How about you, Taylor? What do you think? I think uh, a lot of you guys have been doing this for generations, so there's no reason to invent a wheel. <laughs> there, there is a path out there, yeah. and you have to find somebody who hunts like you do and who has the same sort of ethic, training structure, personality you do. Seek that person out and, and try to find, get a mentor out of that person. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, you don't need to – you don't like – you don't have to be the hero who's out there trying to do it every day by ourselves, whether it be genetics, training techniques, equipment, what you want your box to look like. There's a million things that everybody's already thought out. Don't like ask somebody like, Hey, how do you do this? Or what do you want that to look like? Or when this happens, what should I do? Or, Hey, here's a picture of the track on my Garmin. What do you think? This is how it went. And I think Hounds, running hounds has been the most family-oriented sport I've ever been involved in. Everybody seems to be very welcoming and taking you in as long as you're approaching from an honest, hey, can you help me? I'm being humble. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to put in the hard work. I just don't know what the next step is or I don't know how do I progress. So <clears throat> that would be my, you know, my, my takeaway is try to find the right people. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of good people out there for sure. Yeah. Like I said, I've met some of my best and closest friends and i mean i like i said i wouldn't change it for the world really so well let's dive in let's take a quick 10 15 minutes here and talk about this week um you guys come down and kind of throw y'all right in the fire (laughs) that's what taylor's good at uh hey i'm telling you right now i am so happy that he was where he was at thursday (laughs) because i was way out of pocket there's no way i could get there and bugs, I'm sorry, but you got to step it up, man. You got to walk faster. <laughs> like well, you... we were together, and he just took off running down, off trail down the hill. I said, "Where are you going?" The trail trail goes to them. He's like, "This is the quickest way, just bushwhack." So that's why I was not with him because I can't get through the woods as quickly as Taylor can. No, you can scoot, but I mean, well, let's. So you and I caught a bear in a hole about the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You caught one on one side. I had a little old female in a hole on the other side. And then Hunter and Greg had another hole. So mm-hmm. we had three holes within an hour. Yep. Everybody was like, hey, it's in a hole. It's in a <laughs> hole. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'll go back to what Taylor was talking about earlier. So we get the dogs, um, get the dogs out and we go on to go hunting because we still have a couple miles to hunt out. And, and I know you guys like to walk too. I know riding around the truck's not your thing. Um, but anyway, we walked the track. We kept on what we kept hunting this area and Bob was with me and I told Bob, I said, Bob, I said, we're getting ready to get in a really good spot right here. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a really good area across these next couple ridges. And we got through about the second ridge and spook had went down in a holler a couple hundred yards and y'all never heard the beginning of it. Did you? No, no, no. Um, cause y'all where y'all were up so high, I thought y'all would, but Anyway, Spook opened a couple times. I had Spook and Kate, Houdini and Hart loose. I had four dogs loose, and I had two dogs on the lead with me. And um, Spook opened enough for me to send Trip. I sent Trip, and it got quiet. And about the time Trip got there, like he just come out of the other end of there, just smoking, like yo 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 yo. I mean, just gone. And then Kate, Houdini, I don't remember who opened what, but they opened up. Bob sent a dog or two. Well, he had two dogs, so he sent his, and I still had Rogue on lead. And Trip just kind of pulled out of there, and that's when they were asking me, and I'm like, I don't know, like, I'm not 100% behind him yet. Like, mm-hmm. he does a good job, he'll treat by everybody himself, but I've also had several off races. So he's not 100% broke. And Kate was opening, and I hollered back, and I said, well, Kate's in there, and Bob's like, what are we going to do? I said, well, we're going to try to catch up with him, and Anyway, about that time, I was like, well, if it's junk, I'm going to put him into it, too. So I sent Rogue, and Rogue went down there, and as soon as he hit where their track was, I mean, he was just, he he's a chop mouth dog. I mean, he just left out of there. And, 
It wasn't just a short time. Did y'all hear them coming underneath you? Yeah, we heard them as they came as they came through the first little uh, uh, called tributary down into the main creek. Yeah, we did hear it. Yeah. Okay. As they entered into there, and then they pulled up. Yep. And you heard all that. Yeah, heard all that. Yep. And then wasn't I mean it wasn't long. Hunter was screaming that they you know bear, they run a bear right out in front of them, um, and so they'd packed it up and it made a loop in that area and come back down uh, and split and started up on where you guys were at. Thank the Lord you were over there and run it basically right up in your lap. Right. Up, yep. <laughs> I came right down into it and they came right up to me. So yeah. we we met in the middle and. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't in the mood for training. I'll, I'll give it that. They what? It wasn't in the mood for a training. So it was, no. it, it was on the ground and, uh, yeah. We, That's your biggest bear? Yeah, oh yeah. 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 That's probably, honestly, it's probably the biggest one I've seen. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? 323, 324? 323. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice bear. Nice big bear on the ground. Um, I had a with Kate and Spoot or Kate and Trip both had Trip always gets holes in him. Like I hate it. Like if it's on the ground, he's gonna come out with his hind end with holes. And Kate got it in the front shoulder. So not too bad. You said all the dogs looked to hell. I was like, okay, thank the Lord. <laughs> uh so the dog well if you hadn't have been there it could have been a lot worse. That it had just kept going up 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 uphill through that laurel and mm-hmm. it was so steep I don't know how you'd ever gotten in front of it. We wouldn't have. No. No. Like you you were in the right place at the right time like and you i mean I, I can't climb i can go i go but i can't make time up that stuff i'm, I'm a big guy like you so i've got <laughs> i've got downhill i can go to like a meteorite downhill but i can like uphill is not my not my yeah it was my tough jam. so no we was able to take a nice nice bear um thursday um so that was a great hunt um and then what was the next day friday that was the day my dog's Kind of split, went, yeah. yeah, split up. Yeah, I still not like. I'd really like to know where. Like, I'd I'd have loved to be never got in front of Willie. Yeah, like I really would have. Um, yeah, I picked up Waylon and Cruz and Ladue ended up with another group. Yeah, Waylon, I you know I think he went. He followed Cruz, and then when Cruz realized that, or Cruz decided he he was not going the way he wanted to go, Waylon just stopped and luckily he just kind of stayed in the same spot so he was easy to catch and um i don't know what i I think cruz doesn't like not being he doesn't like not being the lead dog is that Mm -hmm. double negative yeah yeah. um yeah i I don't know if he split off and found something on his own and then stopped when he got to the road or what happened but uh my confidence lately has been in in willie Mm -hmm. that if if they split and willie's still going and barking um, he's not a dog that barks lost. Um, so. Well, no, Garrett said he heard him like the whole evening before you got there. Yeah. 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 Garrett said he could hear him. And you said. He was barking when, I mean, he was barking when I got there. He was? Yeah. yeah. Gosh, I was so and scared. Hot Rod was on the road. other side. Yeah. And he said he, you know, they were hoping, he was hoping they'd bring, he'd bring whatever. Oh, he had a drop right in y'all's lap. Yeah. Yeah. For but, sure. Um, so, I, you know, without seeing it, who you knows, know, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, had, they put in a lot of miles. <laughs> yes, they did. They covered, I mean, he covered two, he covered two mountain ranges. Mm-hmm. He, like, he, he was the dog that swam the new river and I got across when we were in West Virginia, I, I got across the river and he was treed for a little while and then moved on and he got clipped out mm-hmm. and I had to figure out how to get down a cliff to get him. But yeah, you know, he, he puts in miles when he's running something, which yeah. isn't always good because Sometimes the other dogs don't stick with them. But. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, Spook. I, you want you want four more of those dogs. Yeah. You want you, that's your standard. Like I, I want a dog that don't quit. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you quit when I catch you, or you can't go no more. Mm-hmm. Um, and de- my pack's definitely not that way. I mean, not not at all. But that would be like what I would be looking for. Yeah. Like just like y'all catching him the other day. Like that's what I want. I mean, that was, it was up in the E. It was, I had to go somewhere. Oh, I had to go pick up the kid. Like, I had, yeah, it was after school. Like, it was, yeah, it was four o'clock or three, so. Three, four o'clock, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that was, y'all started out that morning. Yeah. That one bear, they, he and Cruz were on for like, what, eight, nine hours or something? And last yeah. West Yeah, last yeah. winter. 
Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. they were walking. We and we saw it. They they had it bait up at one point and it took off again and they took off and we mm-hmm. didn't get them caught until like eleven thirty at night. True. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Oh. And then yesterday, Taylor, you run yourself to death yesterday. I mean, they we had dog had dogs in five different directions. <laughs> bear running. Bear whipped us yesterday. Yeah, that was, that was uh, every. I mean, they were just left and right. Yeah. Yeah, we packed uh, Alley which is one of the A-litter, she ran a bear across the road. So we went up and turned some young dogs on it, and they got cliffed out. So here's a learning lesson for me yesterday. So I, I had a bunch of young dogs. I only turned out Hart, Rogue, and Sassy. So Sassy's my 10-month-old, mm-hmm. Rogue's my year and a half, and then and Hart. That's the only dogs I turned out. Well, when they got treed, um, we started into them. Well, Sassy left. And, I, of course, she's not been staying. She's only stayed on two trees so far. Mm-hmm. And that kind of worried me, and I probably made a mistake here, is she left, and she went about six, seven, 700 yards away from them, and I started toning her. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, so let this play through. I get about halfway to the tree, and Rogue is moving. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, he's ne- like he's pretty much stay put. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we get in there, and guess what? They're ledged out. And I'm not sure if I stopped Sass from going the same way the bear did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't say that it is or didn't. But the bear crossed the road, force packed it. Mm-hmm. He crossed right above where we were at, yeah. force packed it, and ended up treeing it over on the other side of the mountain. Um, but I learned, like, that was a like that was the first time I'd seen the young dogs kind of scatter like that at a tree. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking bad thoughts. Yep. I'm thinking, something rough, like what's going on in there? Why is the dogs leaving? Come to find out, they were they were ledged out, and they were, they just couldn't, they was just moving. So I get it. It was a learning thing. So next time I see that, I'll, I may have a better idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. So that was a learning thing for me yesterday on young dogs. Mm-hmm. And then y'all ended up getting with Wes and making a lord a heck of a round in there with him yeah that dog that root dog is really uh real tough i mean it, it, it ran along it chased that bear a long ways by itself rumor yeah rumor did mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's a dog to be proud of yeah yeah no good for her i mean she'll run anything like that but <laughs> if he can get her if he can get her straightened out man that's i mean it's hard to find like i told you when you go down in that country and come back up out of there that's a feat yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know how many miles that was, but it was a long ways. And, yeah, and she was by herself the mm-hmm. whole way. And uh, like you said, it was yeah, some thick spots in there, tough ground. Yeah, so we were able to get in there and get it packed onto it, and help her out a little bit. And, yeah, and, you uh, did. You helped her get things squared away. That was and it made it easy that she come right back to the trucks too. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a convenient spot to get to. Yeah. So, what's the rest of y'all seasons look like? Um. Depending on weather, uh, Taylor forgot to take tomorrow off. So, yeah. Well, um, but I'll stick around and hunt if you guys are hunting. And then. Um, oh, you're leaving this evening? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know if you guys are going to hunt Saturday, but I've got to travel up to go see my family for Christmas. Not have to. I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably try and get a couple days in towards the end of the season. And then. We, we still like to go into West Virginia, um, even though we know the bears are probably denned up. I mean, we found that pretty big one last year that yep. Willie and Cruz jumped. Um, and if nothing else, I think good for exercising the dogs and going out and looking for tracks to proof them on. Mm-hmm. Talked about maybe trying to find some bobcat tracks. We've got some areas that we've seen cats on camera. We've got some aspirations going out west for mountain lions. Oh, so, so we'd like to try to maybe a couple dogs. Try to that, get some dogs sharp on cats. Yeah, and go from there. Um, we don't want to put all the dogs on it because we want to have some that. Well, I was gonna say, how are you gonna handle that when you get to not knowing what you're treeing? Well, so uh. Cruz has already been on bobcats. Uh huh. Um, but I I want to keep Willie, dedicated bear dog. I think he's. But with the with the way Cruz acts. I don't think I'd have a problem switching him over and just hunting him on cats. That's kind of what I was... Th- I mean, he doesn't seem like he wants to be with a bunch of other dogs. Mm-hmm. If there's a really hot track, um, and, you know, they're 
they're right on the bear or it's a walking bear. He's in there, you know, he's gotten scratched up. He, he's not afraid to be in there with the pack, mm-hmm. but he just seemed, even at the tree, he just sits back and, and doesn't bark a lot, just locks up on the bear. Like he wants to track, track stuff and trail stuff and um, be alone. So I think maybe if um, he does, you know, if we can, it's more us, if we can learn some new skills and put him on cats, um, that might be a better outlet for him. Um, mm-hmm. Just And I don't think he and Ranger really like hunting together. He doesn't like Willie that much. He, he hunts better with Willie, but lately he's been breaking off from Willie. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And Taylor's got a couple dogs he's thinking about maybe putting on cats too. So Yep. And then hopefully it'll warm up enough in March that we can maybe get on some more bears in West Virginia before we can't hunt there anymore. Yeah. Train train there anymore. Yeah. Well, nice. Yeah. Well, and that's something I think we need to put into perspective before we get off here. But you guys are really only hunting weekends. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. You're not, you know, you're not like, I, you know, I take the month of September and December off. You guys are hunting when you can and take a vacation mm-hmm. to go here or go to West Virginia. But you guys are basically hunting Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. So that makes the, you know, where you're at now, um, even better because the the shorter amount of hunting time that you guys have get so yeah. i mean i think that's something that's important for people to hear is you're doing it on weekends and that plays into you sending your dogs to somebody to hunt because that's valuable time that you guys don't get mm-hmm. absolutely and we we have multiple treadmills mm-hmm. we're out i mean it's not like our dogs are <clears throat> sitting in a kennel not doing anything we try to keep our dogs active and fit and moving. And then that way, when we do get the opportunities, they're not, they're in shape when it's, when it's ready, yeah. when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. And, you know, I think we, we had to make the commitment to, we're going to have to travel to places that we want to hunt. Um, you know, make some sacrifices. Like I don't train gamble during hunting season because I know that, you know, we're going to be getting up and driving two to three hours to our normal probably about two two and a half hours to where we normally hunt um and then the amount of miles we put in like i said i mean taylor is like a lot of times i'm like just go ahead <laughs> you know he he moves through the mountains like you know a ninja and I'm, yeah i'm just like working my way behind and then get up and do it again the next day even though we put in you know 10 plus miles one day so it's a it's definitely a commitment Counting the days, counting the days. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, and like I said, I really enjoy you coming down. The rest of the group enjoys it, so hopefully it'll just continue and grow from there. So, all right, guys. Until the next time, thank you for helping us teach, train, and learn. Thank you. Thank you. The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, Go to WorkSoWell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey.